So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses... I'm not sure what verse that is. Verse 8. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Um, Actually, before I preach the sermon I prepared... I just can't pass by that without comment how amazing the end of that gospel lesson is, right? No one would dare to ask him any more questions. Um, I just, I love about that gospel that, you know, so often in sort of the way we talk about religion today, it's like we're the one interrogating Jesus. And it's like, no, 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 no. He's interrogating us. Uh, I, I love that turn in that gospel. So, okay, mini sermon number one over. Uh, sermon number two. Um, what I'd like you to, to call to mind, the sort of arena in which I wish to speak into this morning, is, is what your operating strategy is for sharing the Christian faith with others. So I'm thinking about, like, whatever comes to mind, just think about those things for a second. Um, if you're like most Christians, kind of the big operating idea in daily life is that we, as Christians, would have such a holy and, and upright lives that we would be able to present the faith to others um, along the lines of like, you know, I I trust in Jesus, I'm a Christian, and he's changed my life so much, look at my life now, don't you want to be a Christian? Right, that's kind of how we think about it, I think. We think, well, you know, maybe once I was a sinner, and now he's made me righteous. And if we don't get a chance to be that explicit, we sort of hope that people would just notice, like, the uprightness of our lives, and that that would maybe be a, a witness to the gospel that people would see how sanctified we are uh, and look to the sanctifier. Is that, is that roughly kind of on base with kind of how you think about it? Yeah, me too, right? Uh, I think in principle, there's nothing wrong with that. That, that is all true. The, you know, the scriptures say very clearly, right? You know, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. Like, that's true in principle. Um, but as with so many good things, you know, true in principle and what it actually looks like in regular life, uh, there's something lost in the midst. And, and what I mean by that is, I, I, think, I think we can overstate, in sort of black and white terms, what God has really done for us. I think there's a disconnect, I hear it on my own lips, I see it sort of in just the Christian world in general, of saying more about what God has done in our life than he's actually done in our actual life. We claim about the past what in reality um, God's still working out in the present. Or, or maybe is, is we're still waiting for in the future. We claim, um, maybe not, we wouldn't maybe say it quite this strongly, but I think operating is the idea that like, you know, I've been sanctified by God. Um, he's put a bow on it and walked away. Don't you want to be like this? Like there's this, we kind of present the gospel in these sort of past terms. And I think the trouble with this, besides just being untrue, right, on the face of it, because Jesus is always transforming our lives in the present, we're always in need of more conversion, more sanctification. The other trouble is, I actually think it makes the gospel less compelling to other people. When a non-Christian hears a Christian um, testifying to all the work God's done in their life past tense, um, and maybe only kind of putting forward like the best bits of our life, like the stuff that's in order, um, maybe even with a bit of self-blindness to the bits that are still in progress and that Jesus has not sanctified yet. I think, I think it leaves this sort of impression on the mind of a non-Christian 
that maybe Christians were just not that honest of a people. Or, or maybe, even worse, the whole thing is just kind of a pretense, this whole Christianity thing. So what I want to offer you this morning as a strategy, a practical strategy, um, is a bit different than this sort of like presenting myself as well sanctified to the world. It's springboarding off of this great phrase Paul uses in 1 Thessalonians when he says, we shared with you our very selves, our own selves. Paul's saying his strategy for evangelism, right, for sharing the faith, isn't just, here's the news of Jesus, do you want it? Right? And nor is he sort of saying, here's the news of Jesus, and look at all the great things I've done. Right? He, he's saying, look, I, want, I want you to see my entire life. His strategy for evangelism was to share everything about himself with the people he was talking to. Right? The word here, selves, is also could be translated souls. Meaning Paul's saying, we shared with you our very hearts, like the, our inmost feelings and convictions and, and things we're working through. Uh, that's what he shared when he was trying to share the gospel. He sought to make his life an open book, warts and all. So that people could, could really see what God has really done and what he was still doing, and maybe what he uh, had work to do on. He admits his deficiencies and his faults with candor. He writes to the Corinthian church, who he's like their head pastor. He says, you know, when I was with you, I was really feeling weak, and I, was, I had fear, and I had much trembling. He just admits, like, he, I, I didn't, wasn't, didn't come across very strong, I know. He writes to his companion Timothy, um, not that he was a sinner, but that he still is a sinner. You know, he, he writes, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Right? Not was the foremost. We kind of want to, we want to put these things in the black and white category. Right? Like, I was a sinner, but now I'm a Christian. No, no, no. We're still sinners. Paul, St. Paul, can admit that about himself, which I should give us courage to do so, us too, right? He was sharing his life with his people. And, and I, that's a, strat- a different strategy I want to offer you, when you think about sharing the Christian faith uh, with the, your non-Christian friends and neighbors, I think it would be more effective, um, especially you know, our age is so skeptical and jaded about religion. Um, uh, Non-Christians have no patience for hypocrisy. And, um, which means, what that means is if our words and our lives aren't saying the exact same thing, I think we'll, we'll be dismissed pretty quickly. But that, that shouldn't trouble us as Christians. It should just lead us to be more honest, that our words and our lives would be saying the same thing. And part of that is with our words owning up to the shortcoming of our own lives. So if, you examine, if you're like me and you examine your life and you see that, yeah, God has done some things in some areas, thanks be to him. And there's other areas of my life which don't really look like I've been saved by the risen God. They're still in progress. Maybe they're actually doing badly. Maybe they're in progress and they're getting an F. I mean, like, there's still works that God is doing. And I, I don't mean that, you know, I don't, God, I don't think Paul is, is uh, giving us an example of sort of bearing our deepest wounds and shortcomings to every given, any given stranger. I just mean, like, when it comes up in conversation, I think there's this thing of, like, oh, no, I can't tell them about that thing that really I'm not good at, or really I am failing at, or my present moral failings. But if it comes up, to actually be willing to share, like, you know, I, I really struggle with that too. I think there'll be more traction, more connection, and more interest in what the gospel has actually done if we're honest about where we're at, kind of the full, the full picture, not avoiding the soft spots. To just say honestly that, yeah, you know, despite all I claim about Jesus, um, I also see that in my own life, this aspect is not really in accord with what Christ teaches and would have for me. And, and I wish that wasn't so. 
I mean, we could even admit hypocrisy, right? I, I love this. Mark Twain was the one who once said, um, man is never more honest than when he admits he's a liar. That's good, right? <laughs> Mark Twain's always spitting it good like that. Um, but there's something about that that we can take away as a Christian too. Like, you know, when people say, oh, Christians are hypocritical, to just say, yeah, I, I, I am kind of hypocritical sometimes. And I, I wish that I weren't. It's a struggle. I want to be more honest. To even admit to dishonesty, that's, that is, I think, a real, a real honesty. I think if we assume that sort of humble posture of self-sharing, real transparency, um, not claiming more for the faith than that we've actually seen and experienced and come to know in our own life, um, I think the gospel would be more powerfully communicated uh, in, these, in our towns here. I think part of that is because, um, in general, I mean, obviously we could think of exceptions, but in general, I think only Christians can be this honest about themselves. Because the Christian faith is founded on the statement of, I'm a sinner, right? It's actually maintained on that statement, always saying, I'm a sinner. Like, our religion is, unlike so many others, actually begins with uh, admission of fault. And not just sort of little fault, but like a fault which, according to God's word, was, is damnable, that by ourselves we would be sent into an eternal punishment because of these faults, like, I'm that bad. Uh, that's kind of a wild entrance gate into a religion, if you think about it. Um, but then, of course, that's not the sum of our confession, right? That's just the first step. The second step is, because of the sacrifice of Jesus uh, on the cross, because of the grace God gives us through that sacrifice, um, it's not a problem to own up to that reality of the sins that I really have. Having come to God in faith, having been baptized... His righteousness is mine. Like, I, the fact that I'm a sinner no longer determines my final outcome. So it's less of a problem just to name. It's like, yeah, I wish I was not still a sinner. I actually am still sad that I still am a sinner. That's a, it's a problem. It is a bad thing. But I, I have courage to admit that because I know about God's fatherly acceptance of me, right? Um, you think about this, any, any relationship, human relationship works this way too. Only when there's a thick uh, bond of trust uh, and love, can you kind of be fully honest about who you are? And I think it's the same thing um, with God. Because he loves us and his promises are sure in Jesus, we can say, yeah, I am a sinner. In the, in the radiant light of God's presence, I know he's looking at me right now, and I can say, I am a sinner, and I know he's forgiven me. That gives me kind of a courage to say that to other people too, right? Like if we weren't forgiven, we'd have to kind of just cover up. Like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not that bad. And we see this, I think, kind of archetypally, uh, in the Garden of Eden story, right? When Adam and Eve sin, what's the first thing they, go, they do? Bible trivia question. Put clothes on, yeah. They make for themselves clothes, you know, traditionally out of a fig leaf, right? They're trying to cover up. There's this, there's this thing of like, oh no, I've got I to gotta cover myself. And I think this is still kind of an instinctive human MO. I think we see it really raging in the world. It's like anything that we can point to, whether it's an accomplishment or an inheritance or something, where we can say, no, no, don't, don't see how broken I am. You know, we, we want to cover it up. So I think when a Christian kind of comes into a conversation and with candor says, doesn't try and kind of make the fig leaf and just sort of says, yeah, I, I am messed up. I actually have dark desires. I actually am broken. I claim Christ in my lips and I still spend my money as if I didn't. You know, I claim Christ in my lips and I still spend my evenings as if I did. Like, to just be, to admit where we're still working on inviting Jesus into our lives rather than sort of saying with our lips, oh yeah, he's in every area and I'm a saint already, right? <laughs> no, we're not saints already. God's making us into saints, uh, but there's still a lot of road to go 
on that journey. I think if we speak with that level of candor, I think it will kind of baffle uh, and bless our non-Christian neighbors. I think that's a real invitation into the grace of God to say, you don't have to pretend to be perfect. Um, And of course, not every non-Christian is trying to play that game, but I think it's a game that is rampant in society, but I think especially I'm learning here in the South, right? This sort of face saying, like, no, 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 everything's fine in my life and my home and my soul, I'm fine. <laughs> and that's not just the South, that's country probably worldwide. Um, but it's especially a favorite game down here. Um, and I think if we don't play that game, you know, and, and you can see actually how sometimes we can warp our Christianity to just be like a piece of that game, right? Like, oh, look, my life's really fine because I'm also a Christian. I mean, does that, does that strike a chord a little bit? I, I do, it does in my own life. I'm trying to, this pretense. To kind of go against the game entirely and say, no, 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 no my, my life's not fine. Like, there's areas where I've been working on this for 10 years and I'm still waiting for God to do, to like, I don't know what, but it, it's still in progress. I'm still looking to God. I still know that this is not how he would have it. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure that out. To just be candid about what we're working on and, and where we're going. Um... Oh yeah, that's that's what I encourage you to 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 discard the the I'm perfect game when it comes to our faith. Um, to be like Saint Paul and just share your real life with your whole life, your very self, with your friends and your neighbors in accordance with the depth of the relationship, right? Like, you know, if it's just a shallow relationship, you don't need to say I'm a big mess because that'll probably put someone off. <laughs> but if it's someone who you trust and who you have a lot of truck with. Just to admit, like, yeah, I, I am struggling with that. And he, just even if they're a non-Christian, to not say, well, you know, I need, to, I need to be a good witness. No, the real good witness is to share your real life. That's what Paul does, and he, I think he's, God is encouraging us to, um, through his example. Which I think means sort of both sort of lived life, like pains and needs and, and difficulties, but even with certainties and uncertainties. Maybe there's aspects of the faith where, you know, Hopefully there are aspects of the faith which to you are bedrock certain, like Jesus is real. I hope that's true for you. Um, there may be other aspects of the faith which are sort of like, well, I know the church teaches this, but I struggle with it. That's okay to share that uncertainty even with a non-Christian, to say, because you're sharing your real life. You know, to say, yeah, you know, like I, I belong to the church and church teaches this and I'm still trying to figure that out. Like it doesn't, I don't like it even, or it doesn't make sense, like to be honest um, about you know, we don't each have to present ourselves as perfect saints and theologians to, to our neighbors. Um, I, I, like I've been trying to, repeatedly saying, I think they'll actually be won by the candor of that. Like everyone's heard roughly what the church teaches, right? And the big problem is that lives aren't matching up with words. So if we just kind of sync those up a little bit, people might give church and the gospel a second chance to see, well, well that, my friend, you know, was really honest about where they're And Well, I'm willing to go to church if I can just be honest where I'm at. You know, that would be great if we could be, cultivate more of that in our churches as well. Um, as I was thinking about this, remember that old uh, core praise song there? And they'll know we are Christians by our love. I love that song. Um, but you know, what if they knew we are Christians by our candor? What if like in an increasingly sort of self-manicured presentation age on Facebook, you know, and this kind of Facebook culture sinking into real world culture, if everything's, look how, look how great my life is. Um, we just went against the whole thing. I just said, no, no, no I'm, my life is not great. Uh, I'm still working on things. May they know we are Christians by our willingness to admit fault. Yeah, I wronged you, and I'm sorry. I actually am kind of a bad person that I even wanted to do that, um, to not excuse ourselves. May they know we are Christians um, by how deeply we know that we have been accepted by God the Father, that we can admit these things, and not be afraid of eternal damnation, because we know 
what he's done for us in forgiving us in Christ Jesus. And yeah, I think that's a strategy we should take. Um, being intentional about sharing, as Paul did, our very lives with each other. Right? This is something good not just to cultivate outside of church, but in church too. With each other uh, and with our non-Christian neighbors. Amen.